Hello, welcome to the Shit You May Not Have Seen podcast, where we talk about films you may not have seen. I'm Scott. I'm Joe. My name's Chris. Hello, Chris. How you doing, mate? How you doing, guys? Bad, mate. We need Thanks to start walking that door, man. There's another, another I know, what the fuck's this all about, man? I, I, I usually just walk around this part of Scotland looking for houses to go into, because that's, <laughs> that's a safe pastime. Absolutely. <laughs> so, this is Chris Cusack of Unsung Podcast, among other things. How you doing, Chris? I'm, I'm alright, aye. You know, I'm weirdly out of my comfort zone, because on my own podcast, I'm usually cock of the walk. Like, <laughs> coming around, I'm like, have I got enough notes here? Aye, we're looking for the number of notes you've got. I, I think, think you're going to be have, okay. Aye, I think you're <laughs> going to be alright. Digital and paper notes. Oh, are, like, different types of notes for a different style of observation and pattern. Nice one. Yeah. I'll just roll with the fucking dementia <laughs> access. Fucking, <laughs> what's my name again? See, I, I do kind of envy that. Because like, ah, it's like, will. just roll up and be like, Aye, I'm such f- a character, I can just wing it. Nah, I'm, I'm fucking not, man. <laughs> I'm just, people just listen and go, is that fucking rambling idiot? <laughs> cool, aye, so as, as we did the last time when we had a guest on, uh, the idea is that the guest picks a film that neither myself nor Joe have seen. And Chris has done that for us. He actually picked two. And then oh man, I, 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 so I've got this thing where I collect DVDs, right? Which I know is incredibly out <laughs> no, of date. I that as well, mate. Of you. <laughs> it's mainly like a note to self, right? It's, it's like a post-it of like, I love this movie. So we're in, in Glasgow. There's a few shops that sell DVDs for like a quid each. Aye, because I was in, actually, I bought the full wire, the whole fucking series, man, for like £7. Ah, that's, <laughs> that's probably the best £7, you know, aye. pound for pound that you can aye, get. Absolutely, but, mate, um, so I buy them to, to, to remind myself, it's like a note, because you know, you always forget, oh, that was a great aye. film and yep. I forgot about that. So yep. I'd, when you said, do you want to pick one, I ended up with like a, like a full section aye, of my right, shelf so that you, was like, this is a short list. You're prepared to come back <laughs> loads of times. Aye, I mean, man. even just this director, I was struggling to pick between two movies. Aye. And also uh, the other one that I mentioned, I don't know if I'm going to mention the name here. Is that, is aye, that? Go yeah, for go it, for So I was, I was kind of wanting to do Time Crimes, a Spanish film. Yeah. Um, but I, I followed the podcast and I, I felt like, I oh, know recently the guys have been doing quite a few kind of thrillers and sci-fi and I was like I think I'll maybe we'll mix it up and it also mentioned to you that there's a documentary that I, I want to yep. I want to do and I was like no nah, that's that's just that's too intense so uh, right. I opted for a, a pitch black comedy which, which is quite which is world's greatest dad Negro I may be young but I'm not your boy I won't pick your cotton nor pick up your dishes yeah I sing I am not your monkey I don't stay black y'all Anybody else have their haiku? My name is Lance Clayton. I'm a writer. But so far, nothing I've written has ever been published. Ernest Hemingway once said, all he wanted to do was write one true sentence. He also tried to scratch an itch in the back of his head with a shotgun. Your poetry course is not very popular. (laughs) There's poetry, sir. Does it bother you that I have male friends? Mm, Not at all. we do something together tomorrow yeah like build a rocket sure if you want to that's retarded yeah just 9 30 we can go to a video store get a movie are you stupid i hate watching movies carl's a complex guy put on some music you like carl okay no i hate music you hate music yeah all music you know, the only thing queer the music are the people who like it. How's Kyle been acting at home? Are you on your period or something? Does he seem normal to you? Oh, yeah. We're not to dinner tonight with Claire. What? No. If you don't act right at dinner, I'll stab you in the face. 
like to do, Kyle? Nothing. You must like to do something. No. Well, Kyle doesn't like me. Oh, no. He likes you a lot. You don't look so good. Well, I had kind of a rough weekend. Kyle, you ruin everything. Will you just shut up? They're not kidding when they say that raising a child is the toughest job you'll ever learn. <laughs> Zombie. I wish I like zombies. Morals Greatest Dad, the Bobcat Goldthwait film. And just to get this right out of the way, right? If you've seen the cover of this DVD, because I've got the DVD. Aye, it does it, not fucking <laughs> set it up right at all, man. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Um, Cheaper by the Dozen, the Steve yep, Martin aye, kind of aye, totally, man. family comedy thing. And you look at it and you're like, oh, there's some cheery red writing and a guy in a bathrobe with a cup of coffee. And it's like, oh, this is going to be some kind of gentle. I guess the, the producers thought, oh, you know, it's, it's Robin Williams. He's a funny guy. Let's yeah. do I, a funny guy cover. I think it's fucking guerrilla film posters, man. I think it's like trying to like, lure you in. Oh, no, and they just fucking man. smash you in the Z- face they're absolutely going for the Robin Williams is a funny guy let's pose him in a funny way and we'll get all those people in who think he's a funny guy I, I think I I kind of feel like I can't tell if Bob, Bobcat Goldthwait would have been feeling undermined by the studio's decision for the poster if perhaps the studio said this film's absolutely pitch black we maybe need to kind of just you know lure I, people in yep, or yep. if it was him being a Total Wido. Judging by the fucking script, man, I'd say aye. You find well, he's rubbing cunts up the wrong way, so, man. Uh, he's got a film called uh, God Bless America that I almost chose for this as well. I mean, he's got some. He's he's got some really really mental films. The, the guy. Yeah, I was looking his past credits. Yeah. Like I, I hadn't really seen any his other stuff. I've seen he's so he directed some episodes of the Chappelle Show. Which oh, really? I've seen and he did. He's I knew him as doing like. Uh, He's done like stand-up specials. So he did All like right. Patton Oswalt's few of his specials. Right, okay. Um, there's a few other few other comedians as well. And I, I knew he was doing that, I, and I knew he was doing features, but I hadn't seen any of them. His, his features are brilliant. I mean, he, he started in '91 with a film called Shakes the Clown. Uh, which is oh I've heard of that it's kind of like a kind of alternate reality thing where clowns are sort you just you have to watch it to really right. get it. but it was 91 I mean this is like right I mean, Aye, yeah. do you know he was touring as a support act for Nirvana at yep, the time yep. he was opening right. for Nirvana on right. tour uh, right. and you may notice sense. there's a cameo that, that explains the cameo the cameo Chris Novoselic yeah. um, but he's got another film for 2006 called Sleeping Dogs and the premise of this film is just it reeled me right in it's it's a bit like the premise for the first ever episode of Black Mirror where you're just like what? Aye. so basically sleeping dogs a woman sucks off her dog fucks and then <laughs> years and years and years it's the same actor from this by the way Alexa Gilmore good start um, years and years and years later she's getting married and she's playing a game of truth with her groom and he's like oh you know back in the day I shat myself and she's like oh back in the day I sucked off a dog fucking <laughs> hell man and, and the groom is like what? <laughs> wait a minute what and she's like we're playing the game and he's like no I what oh, that's a fucking then, deal breaker right there man our, our life unravels off the right. back of that revelation and it's so good like the, the observational skill of Bobcat Goldthwait is unparalleled honestly aye, he's yeah. like a scalpel aye. to all your most uncomfortable yeah, things aye this movie we're totally talking about yeah. aye fucking right Godless America came uh, in 2011 and that is also pitch black it's Bill Murray's brother actually is the star of it and he's basically a guy who's terminally ill and decides he's going to use his death constructively and get rid of all the people in society that really piss him off it's kind of like 
against we've really fallen down, I suppose. Right. But uh, it's it, it, it's good. it's got the mo- it, it's good for shock value. It's Aye. got one of the most shocking opening scenes you'll ever see, and I don't even. I, I, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not even going to spoil it. It's just the, the opening scene alone. It was in a list of like video nasties for me, and I, oh, really? and I was like, and but then the film is brilliant. Right. I think the film is really, really good. But yeah, and then he also did Willow Creek, which is basically like the Blair Witch for Big, Bigfoot, <clears throat> um, yep, yep. which is actually really good. Like it's it? it's really it's properly like it's chilling. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. It's I'll strange to think that Bob Kratz kind of got to this position because he started out as a stand up comedian, then he. he Got properly known for those police academy Play, films. Plain Z, Plain Z. It's number two to four, I think he was in. <laughs> that's yeah, right, yeah. Aye. aye. So it's, it's it's interesting that he's ended up. He's here. in Scrooged as well. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's he's right. he's Elliot and Scrooge. Right. <laughs> Be, being that being the police academy character, but every time he goes to get a fucking drink, the fucking something happens <laughs> to the bottle, man. By the way, seriously, uh, he is a, such a funny guy. If you if you can find podcasts so after any of his movies, if he does like a tour, a promo tour. Mm-hmm. You've got to hear some of his chat. Like the stories of him and his brother growing up are absolutely fucking brilliant. His brother kept a shotgun in the toilet so that when he was taking a shit, he could kill squirrels out the window. <laughs> and, and, but I mean, that's barely scratching the surface, man. The guy's life is, he, he's just, he's so, so funny. You, aye, you've got yeah. to check aye, him out. Any interviews I've seen him doing, he's, he comes across kind of like a nice guy as well. Aye, he's, he's great. Aye, I've got yeah. a lot of time for him, yeah, honestly. Totally. Really yeah. good. This film, World's Greatest Dad, I found out that it it seems like it's sort of like the idea is loosely based on a couple of kind of like or one true scandal. Um, it was based around a book called A Million Little Pieces. Right. And if you were cutting about charity shops uh, about a decade ago, like I was, you definitely have seen this book. Um, uh, basically, a guy. The guy was his name is James Frey, um, and. He, he released this book and claimed that it was biographical, right? And it was all about a memoir of like surviving alcoholism and drug abuse. Um, and he ended up going on the Oprah Winfrey show and she endorsed it, right? And then soon after, a whole bunch of people started investigating, like, how accurate actually is this? Is this what actually happened to him? And the smoking gl- gun, remember the, the website? Yeah. They blew the lid right off it in 2006. And so the book had to be relaunched as, quote, semi-fictional, which is a kind of an interesting concept. I totally. Um, and so this film I think draws a little bit on that event also there's a there's a musical which apparently really good I've not seen it called Dear Evan Hansen oh I've heard of that right yeah. so you'll probably have seen the poster it was a big hit in London especially I think and it's a little bit close to this because it's about a kid who ends up pretending that he was a dead bully's friend I think he, I think it's something like he writes a fictional letter to the bully I've not yeah. I've not seen it but through a series of misunderstandings basically he ends up gaining celebrity as the pal of this dead bully right. so yeah it's, it's kind of draw well, I think it's drawn from that James Frey controversy um, but yeah there's there's other people that have done something similar but nobody has as far as I'm aware approached it with such pitch black humour oh, yeah. and pure skin crawling awkwardness <laughs> as, as this movie aye, this movie's fucking brutal man some of the stats I found out it cost 10 million dollars to make this film um, right. because it's not I mean obviously it's, Robin, it's a low budget movie yeah, yeah but Robin Williams is involved so it's aye, he's up most yeah. of it but he was friends with Bobcat, so he's, oh, really? he initially went in to play like one of the minor roles. That's and then, right. But right. then he read the script and was like, "I, w- I would like to play the, the lead, please." Oh, really? Fuck sake! Right, Aye, okay. um, it only made three hundred k at the box office. Oh, well, there's no fucking surprise there. Eh? <laughs> opening weekend, it did four thousand dollars. Because the, 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 the fucking first four cunts and then so <laughs> I, they told, told everybody, everybody, "Don't watch this, man." Um, this Roger, isn't flubber. <laughs> Don't no. Go no. When he was, I think when he was still alive, maybe Roger Ebert 
gave it three out of four. He was pretty positive on yeah. it, and he actually made an interesting point, which we can maybe debate at the end of the chat about it. But he thinks that the film was meant to be even darker than it is, and that Bobcat was a little bit sort of talked out of it by right, the studio. Right. Hmm. Um. He he was like, I think there's moments, especially towards the end of this film, that it, it could have really, really gone Aye. off a cliff. Yeah. The, way, yep, yep. the way some of his other stuff does, frankly. Right. And Roger Ebert thinks that they pulled him back for the brink a wee bit on it. But uh, And as you say, yeah, Robin Williams was meant to be one of the smaller roles, but just loved it. Yeah. And I think that kind of says quite a lot about Robin Williams' state of mind, because this film is, to me, totally nihilistic. Oh, Aye. Aye. 100%. And, and, you know, obviously, it's as bleak as they, they come. Yeah, and Robin Williams clearly in his life, mental health issues have been yeah. haunting them. They got yeah. the better of him, and I think it says a lot about his perspective on people and humanity yeah. that he was so like, oh, this is fucking right on. This is that yep. need, I need to be part of this in a big way and do it justice. Yep, yep. And yeah, and I mean, his presence is probably the main reason I heard about it. You know, it's what I mean, probably, it's probably the reason it got made, really. Aye, yeah, yeah. It might have been more of a struggle for Bobcat to get it made if he hadn't gotten Rod, Rob Williams attached. Just to get this out there as well, I have I've seen this film a lot. Okay, I've, I've watched it a lot, and I think you know, again, having followed your pod, I know that there's sometimes films you guys go back to, and you're like, this is actually not as good as I remember. Oh, yeah, it's all the fucking time. <laughs> most recent time I have to say, this film's the opposite for me. I Aye. go back to this film knowing I like it, and then every time I watch it, I'm I'm just amazed at the skill with which it's executed. I love it more right. every time. I get a yeah. deeper appreciation for it every time. It ages really, really well for me. Aye, definitely. Um, so I, I, I find that, you know, really... It's really good when you important. find a film like that that you can keep going back and you find new, yeah. new stuff to take from it. The only thing I would say about it as a kind of overarching criticism is that I can't think of anything in it that I would cut out, but it feels 10 minutes too long. Uh, ah, it right. didn't feel long to me when I was watching I've watched it twice I watched it last night and I watched it today again mm. um, ah, I kind of get that it seems a wee bit padded out with the you know the whole worship his son that whole part of the film the, I, like, you know what I mean the, the only thing is though stuff w- like that. when you go through it with that in mind there's yep. not really any bits aye, where I'm I like because it's all good dialogue and aye, aye, it's, yeah, setting yeah, yeah, it's setting it up for the where, ending where basically goes, aye, um, aye totally yeah aye. and you wouldn't cut out I don't want to give it away because we've not talked about it yet in, in all yeah. sequentially but there's a particular chunk towards the end that I suppose you could excise that whole bit but then it would lose a lot of it's like it would lose a lot of it's no, totally you know, potency, scale yep, yep. Um, so I, yeah I'd, watching it I'm just like I, there's nothing I would take out but it just has always felt just a tiny wee bit too long to me but the sun I mean you're going to find this out if you, if you don't want a spoiler no uh, no spoiler spoiler, away, yeah, spoiler yeah, totally. central right so the yeah. sun dies that takes 40 minutes I, I noted that today yeah. like I was saying when does this actually happen because I didn't know that the thing is coming. in my head before I went back to it I was like oh, that must happen about the 20 minute mark but yeah, yeah. No, I looked at the clock and I was like oh, 40 minutes okay. we spend a lot of time with the sun before yeah but then again off. he's so Fucking good. <laughs> aye. If, aye. If there's anybody needs a, a reward for being the world's biggest prick, it's definitely him. Oh, uh, so the, the actor's name's Daryl Sabara. He's been in all the Spy Kids movies. Yeah. Aye, aye. Um, it's all it, animation stuff. Does a lot of cartoon stuff, work aye. and stuff, yeah. He, he's also in Machete. Has he in Machete? Yeah. He was in Avengers as well, I think. He, really? did, he did a bit part in it Avengers, was, yeah. I don't think it was the main Avengers stuff. I think it was like a, a side film. I was don't it? think it was the, right, okay. the, the big film. one. I think the guy, to me, seems like an untapped resource because he fucking <laughs> smashes Why? this role. I mean, he is the most detestable little prick. <laughs> <that> you, <laughs> I mean, like, it's so 
fucking perfect in every yeah. single fucking he's way. He's always sweating as well. Oh, he's eyes, always, <laughs> always fucking greasy, man. Yeah. His eyes like fucking king pervert, man. Aye, with totally. no apologies whatsoever, no. man. Do you know what I mean? It's total, <laughs> total sociopath, man. <laughs> I mean, there's a bit in it that I noticed today where he turns around his dad and just typical fucking horrible teenager thing goes, I didn't ask to be born. And Robin Williams goes, well, neither did I. Aye. And, and then he, he kind of goes, ooh. Aye, aye fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you actually want him to just you want Rob Mullins to put fuck out of him, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably the other most storied, most uh, worldly wise actor. And this is the guy, um, Principal Anderson, Jeff Pearson. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Uh, he's uh, what is he? He been in like hundreds. Ch- of he was in Changeling. He was in yeah. Get Smart, Boardwalk Empire. That Dick. was the. Uh, the, the other changeling, not the, the other, uh, the, the Angelina Jolie one, not the, one. Not the aye. burning to death on a staircase yeah, one, yeah, but uh, yeah, 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 the missing kid one. I uh, loads, loads and loads of TV. Yeah, he was in Dexter. He was in Homeland. Yeah. He was in Veep. He's, he's, he's aye, been aye, in loads aye. of stuff like that. I remember of Dexter as well. Aye. He also did voices in that uh, Empire Strikes Back radio show that John Lithgow did. Oh no, way we did Yoda. Yeah. Fucking hell, there's a tie-in. There you go. There you go. As we said, Alexi Gilmore has worked with Bobcat and a load of stuff, and she's done TV series as well. She's clear reading this. The teacher, I, I think she's great. She is. She's, she's good. really yeah. good. And aye. again, someone that I'm surprised hasn't been in more films. Yep. Loads of TV like House, Get Shorty, Bones, Grey's Anatomy, that kind of thing. But Sorry, okay. Really um, the what remake? The Magnum remake. Magnum PI? <laughs> Magnum PI. Did they fucking remade that shit? <laughs> fucking hell, man. How, how do you make that without Selick? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't, man. You need that tash, man. Um, but no, I, I think she's really, really good. And I'm surprised that I've not seen her in more kind of like big screen Side roles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the other one is Evan Martin. Lee Andrew in it. He's yeah. never I done anything else. He's fucking excellent, isn't he? He's great. Ah, he's brilliant. He's never aye. done anything else. Weird, I did some aye. Chuck E. Cheese commercials. Uh, did he really? He's got, he's got three credits, one of them being this film, uh, another film called The Legend of Hell's Gate. Right, and, and that's then, it. Then there's, a, there's another one after that, which I think is a short film. And then uh, he's, he's done some Chuck E. Cheese commercials. Uh, he's, like, like, he's really he's really natural he's in good. it, man. He's, he's, so, ve- flat. Uh, he's, he's so, so flat. He's so fucking... I love the fact he keeps saying he's a vegetarian <laughs> constantly as well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Norman was like, I know. Uh, he's <laughs> like, it's, it's a total inconvenience feeding him, but he yeah. also he's a vegetarian, so he's got <laughs> fucking no vegetables to give him, man. It's like, what the fuck? But I, I, do we just dive into the film itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll read, read the IMDb synopsis. Blurb, uh, so when his son's body... I mean, this is a spoiler in the, the synopsis if you... I fucking hate that, man. I think it's better if you go into this film not knowing that he yeah. dies it's, it's better but anyway oh, you shouldn't have found out in the synopsis man. when his son's body is found in a humiliating accident a lonely high school teacher inadvertently attracts an overwhelming amount of community and media attention after covering up the truth with a phony note suicide note that's, that's that, I see that that's the film that but it's just too much it's too fucking much yeah. man it's too much man I it, don't, was that the synopsis at the time as well probably uh, I, I don't know it's just what was on IMDB because so. you know you know when films have been out for a long time sometimes they, sometimes they, they do the, the trailer uh, like if it's on like a fucking you know streaming service or whatever yeah. they show you the entire fucking film and they think just because it's an old film you want to know exactly what happens yeah, in the trailer yeah, you're yeah, like for fuck's sake yeah. I mean that is because uh, de- de- you definitely don't want to know that no because I mean I, 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 I certainly the circumstances of how he goes as well well I didn't read the synopsis so when they fucking when they fucking found him dead I was like what the fuck you <laughs> that, know what I mean like, well, obviously we'll spend a wee bit of time in that scene because totally that for yeah. me is that's one of the most shocking fucking things I've ever seen that, that is genuinely like my top 10 scenes in cinema yeah. man. I, I, absolutely that's one of the reasons that it convinced me to choose this mm, one because yep, I yep. want to talk about that yeah. but yeah I mean I, the art of the trailer is kind of dying isn't it it's like fucking Aye. just give just, them just give everything they have. and then they've started doing this thing where they put a pre-trailer in front of the trailer which pisses me off Aye. so I just go into the fucking trailer just go into it and do yeah. it man Aye, it's like again it's that whole 
difference now with younger audiences, I guess. They, they just they just want everything fucking thrown at them. You know, keep them keep them entertained. It's like there's no fucking kids these days. No fucking <laughs> Don't dick, know fucking wee dicks. Just be patient and fucking watch the film. Uh, yeah. So there's some right at the very get go that I don't particularly understand. I don't know if it's just a wee like a token thing, but the opening image is the end card backwards. Backwards. The yeah. end, but reversed not sure what the significance of it yeah is. I don't know I guess because he, he kind of he, he does do a kind of bookend thing with the voiceover as well so I don't know if he was just yeah. going for that you know? yeah, yeah that's true because I mean is it the first I don't know if it's the very first quote in the film but I've got it as my biggest fear in life is that I'm going to end up alone yeah Robin Williams looking down yeah. yep. and then clearly there's a reprise of that at the end which I'm, I'm sure we'll mention but yeah it, it, it's uh <laughs> I just I just don't really know what that, that opening end card is exactly meant to do. I thought it was just trying to be fucking wacky, man. I mean he is pretty <laughs> wacky. He's a wacky guy. He's a wacky guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking brilliant, man. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's the opening we get we get introduced to Robin Williams character who he's a uh, he's a teacher, but he gets introduced as, as a writer. Yeah, as, right. a, as a, a failed author. A failed author, yeah. Yep. And, he's, and he's quite good at being that kind of downtrodden failed author. My God, Robin Williams as a broken man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fucking what a role. Like, the, he just, he drips Aye. pathetic broken yeah. energy. Yeah. Aye, he does. It's, he the, does. it's the most understated I've ever seen him. Because, I mean, I've, I've seen him in straight roles before, but like this. One this of our photos, maybe the closest yeah, kind yeah. and vibe, you know, with just the way he is on it and stuff like that, yeah. maybe. But not, I mean, it's a different vibe though. It's it, just, it just seems defeated, man. Aye, it just defeated. just got the better of him. Aye, punching him down, yeah, man. And totally. I will say as well, throughout this movie, there's kind of like a meta narrative here, which is the director and Bobcat Goldthwait beating up on his star. Like, and I mean, like, beating up on the character of his star, and it's Aye. relentless how yeah. much, you know, if you imagine it, like, like God fucking with his subjects kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, job. How much pain can I inflict on Job? You know, yeah, it's like it's yeah. like Bobcat Goldthwait as a director inflicts so much fucking degradation yeah. on Lance in this fucking film, and Lance Clayton in this film, and it doesn't even stop after his kid dies. No, like he keeps piling it on and piling it on. It's it, it's brutal. As it's relentless, man. It's kind of forcing it. It plays out kind of almost like in, in a real life situation. You know, life is fucked. You know, real life is fucked. It doesn't run yeah. in, a, in a narrative, in a, in a typical movie narrative, you know what I mean? And I think that's probably what he's done. He's shown you the, the, the kind of chaotic, you know, what life actually is. You know, you could walk in and your son's fucking auto-asphyxiated <laughs> himself. Do you know what I mean? It's very plausible, man. There's a nice touch right at the start where Robin Williams walks out of the kitchen with a mug that says World's Greatest yeah. Dad, Aye, yep. which is a great way to introduce the title. Mm. Well, but then they give us the title, which I th thought would be yeah, better. Yeah, I don't why they yeah. did the double yeah. I know it seemed a bit I think uh, it's probably a studio thing to be probably. totally honest yeah, probably. what's the film called <laughs> yeah. well you've fucking seen it in the poster before you walked in man. Yeah. Um, so yeah he's, a, he's a, a writer that just keeps receiving rejection letters yeah he's never he makes the point of saying he's never been published yep. yeah. there's a photo of his son Kyle on the, on the mantle <laughs> it's gold it's a big feature <laughs> but it's a fucking great photo isn't it <laughs> so good. he's yeah, kind just, of staring wistfully <laughs> off into the distance and you, you, you can just imagine how much persuading you know must have took him to take get that picture taken and you find out later that it's Kyle that keeps lying it face yeah, down yeah, and then even he goes, him, why'd you keep doing that he's like because I look inbred he's <laughs> fucking brilliant man but yeah uh, right at the start Robin Williams walks in on Kyle 
what he thinks is him dead, yeah. uh, but he's actually engaged in autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> a, a, a choke wank. A choke wank. Uh, <laughs> big nod to David Carradine. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and then they have this incredibly awkward drive to school where Robbins Williams goes out, you were up early. <laughs> I so thought that was fucking funny, man. I was pissing myself yeah. at that bit. And then it's like, like, uh, like, like Kyle says to him, he's like, like I, I don't want to have a conversation with my dad about yeah. masturbation. He's but, like, aye, but you're just fucking choking yourself out, aren't you yeah, fucking it? You're only just masturbating, mate. Aye. But Robin Williams goes, what were you doing? And his answer is, I was coming, you fag. <laughs> I know, fucking and brilliant. In, in that first five minutes, he uses the word fag aye, like, so, so liberally. Like, it's it's like, Bruce Hornsby's a fag because his dad yep. plays that in the car. Bruce Hornsby, big part in this film as well. Yeah. Um, Heavy metal's gay. What is it? He, he, and that's he, the fucking gayest genre, man. <laughs> which he's correct, it is. Heavy metal is probably the faggiest of all the faggy music out there. <laughs> and he's correct. Um, and this is coming for some fucking idiot that likes it. And Robin Williams is like, what? Well, what music do you like? He goes, uh, I fucking hate music. The only thing queerer than music is the people who listen to it. Aye. <laughs> you see this movie? It's like, it's like when you first heard Calculating Infinity for the first time, it's just like, there's, it's just like, fuck you, straight yeah. in, man. It's yeah. like, like, relentless. There's a nice touch uh, at the start during that awkward car drive where he puts the footprints on the dashboard. Yeah. Aye, which is aye. cool because there's a significance to that later. Muddy aye. footprints on, yeah. the, on, the, on the car dashboard. There's a, uh, a really fucking nice little Easter egg in here where what's it, uh, he's, he, Robin Williams is running like a poetry course at the school and the, the headmaster pulls him aside to say, look, we're thinking about maybe ending this. Um, uh, the poetry course, it's not very popular. Well, it's clearly referring to Dead Poets Society. Yeah, totally. Absolutely, yep. aye. It's yep. fucking brilliant. I, I, went that pitch, I went to the movies to see that with my dad, man. Aye. And my dad was fucking raging, man. Because like he, bought, he bought the fucking bought Robin Williams. He was not amused, man. Not amused. <laughs> um, there's, uh, you get introduced to Robin Williams and Claire, what's the character? Claire Reed. Claire Reed, that's right. Yeah. Claire Reed. The improbably hot teacher. Aye. That, Robin. For, for, for Robin Williams yeah, yeah he's got a line how does a lump like me get a dame like you in this uh, yeah, he's definitely you, punching up yeah and then you get more of Kyle being a horrible little bastard with his uh, German scheiser porn that he shows oh, to yeah, Andrew hi man that, I was, that point I was fucking crying man I watched this with my wife luckily right. my wife's fucking what, what did Barbara think of she liked it, aye. Yeah. I'm a bitch, yeah. she's like, she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. She's got a really dark yeah, yeah. sense of humour as well. So she thought it was fucking funny, man. Yeah. You know? And then there's the whole uh, going straight to the A, man. He's like, fucking vaginal sex is for fags. <laughs> 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 go straight for the A. That's like, fucking sake. pussy is virgin shit. I <laughs> go straight for the brown eye. That's it, yeah. aye. That's the chap. And then Andrew's like, you've never been with a girl. He's yeah, like, he's like oh, I've yeah. not with me all the time. He's like, no, I'm, I'm literally with you all the time. Everybody's known that kind of guy. Obviously, not in that extreme, but yeah, you know, that, yeah. that guy that's talking about shagging and I've never fucking done it man yeah uh, uh, that whole bit as well where he's trying to show Andrew the shies upon and Andrew's like that's fucking gross and then the girl walks by him and he goes damn girl that pussy ain't going to eat itself yeah. or something and then this the, the guy that fights him the fight is pathetic which Aye. is a fucking brilliant Aye. touch but again to just uh, Bobcat Goldthwait illustrating brilliantly how much a wee piece of shit Kyle is Kyle does this thing where it's like get off me you dumb jock and uh, the guy's like I don't even do sports I, I, he's, like, he's like a geek himself the he's guy's like, fucking battering him yeah. and it's like it's like a kind of meta nod to that trope in films yep. where, yeah there's a uh, lot of those as well it's, like, it's smart it's self it's very self aware isn't it it's, again, uh, it knows what it's doing man. and you were saying about him being greasy super greasy like any time the camera's anywhere close to him yep. super fucking scumbag then it goes that there's a great it's kind of at this point it's sort of framing all the relationships between the different characters 
a guy called Mike, incredibly handsome yeah, African American yeah, teacher, athletic, like, guy, athletic yeah. guy. Just, but he's an athletic guy. But they don't cast him as like a PE teacher. He's an English teacher. Yeah, he's right. very fucking intelligent yeah. as well. Just like a fucking ten. They, they, they set him up as a direct rival to. Yeah, uh, but like a, and a, again, a totally ridiculous direct rival because aye. he's so fucking he's handsome, so and handsome and smart and smart and, and yeah, athletic <laughs> and all that stuff. And given that we've already learned that Robin Williams is struggling to get things published. You, you find immediately that Mike's been published in the first time. time. That morning, yeah. <laughs> that morning It's the first thing you submitted as well. Yeah. Like, what? Ah, it's he's like, no happy oh, about you read it. Assembly, oh, have you twist my arm? Yeah. And Robin Williams' reaction to that is so fucking beautifully yeah. realistic as well. Because it is that thing where you're burning up inside yep. with and jealousy. And yep. he's just like, yep. oh, well done. Oh, that's, that's and great. he's watching. Does he say something? He's like, that's not a national, is it? And he's like, it's a national. He's like, oh, I didn't know that. That gets a callback as well, though. That gets a callback. Later on, I um, and but the, the, uh, one of the things I like about it is that in the film as well, it, it would have been easy to make Mike a trope, but they portray him as a really nice guy. Yeah, like when Robin Williams goes back to school following his son's suicide, yeah. the first person to approach him yeah. and genuinely be like, "I'm so fucking sorry, man," is Mike. And I, loads of the other kids and stuff can't look at him; they're they're, they're yeah. avoiding them. They don't know what to do. So I, I thought that was a really nice, like again, it's just Great shunning stereotypes. stereotypes. Yep. Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> There's a bit at that table as well with that early chat. Mike's talking about his son. Is it Hunter? Like he's, oh, yeah. and he's like two and he's, he's talking about how hard parent <laughs> is and shit it's like <laughs> the, what? there's a there's a couple of moments in this that are defined by totally inappropriate laughter and Robin Williams starts laughing like giggling yeah, yeah. at the table when Mike's describing he does that. that a lot through the film there's loads of points where he yeah. just what? Whatever it is that's going on with him, he's got this uncontrollable guy. Because he's just on the verge of fucking yeah, complete we'll, utter mental collapse, yeah. man. We'll definitely talk about one of them because one of them is an absolute standout scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think a standout scene of Robin Williams' career. Aye. Like, it's fucking incredible the way he acts that scene. There's a bit where Andrew says that he likes his dad, and I think that's a really nice scene. As you know, it, it tenderness. Need, it needs it, this film, for me, because, like, oh, I'm all about the dark humour 100%, but this film could have went too far the other way. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I, yeah. I think it was really smart to have that dynamic where the, the, there was enough nice stuff coming through that, that like, see, Andrew's character. Because if it was very lopsided, it falls into that really kind of just being crass for the sake of being yeah, crass. Yeah. Whereas I think that, that gives it a good balance. Do you know what I mean? Well, Definitely got a wee bit more to say than I exactly like, rather than just offending, uh, and I yeah. don't think that was I don't think that why this this film was made for that reason at no. all because it has got heart in it. Do you know what I mean? And throughout it though, you mean Andrew uh, well, is Kyle's only friend, but Kyle bullies him relentlessly. You oh, know, the bit, the bit in the mall when they're walking away, and he makes him carry the monitor yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Aye. And it's interesting that Andrew's the one that ultimately starts to unravel it mm. by being Robin yep. Williams' conscience and by being the one that sort of doesn't believe... Yeah, he's that, always like, that, that yeah. doesn't sound like something yeah, Kyle would exactly. say. exactly. Yeah. Going back to the scene of the house, I mean, the house is one of the main sort of scenes. There's the school, there's the house, and then there's a couple of extraneous kind yeah. of places, the restaurant, I suppose. But every single scene in Kyle's bedroom is painfully fucking awkward like, <laughs> that is like set up throughout the yeah. entire film I mean so I think the next time it comes is when he's wanking watching his elderly yeah. neighbour get undressed aye that bit's fucking <laughs> horrible man he's singing yeah give it to me baby uh, Bunny I think her name is is that right he, oh, I didn't get her name um, I, think, I think her name's Bunny so yeah. there's, an, there's an elderly lady that, that becomes you know, she comes into it and becomes quite a, a prominent character you're saying like she sweetens the tone of it aye, as well totally, totally lightens it that's um, a good balance aye yeah, but, uh, Bonnie played by Mitzi McCall Bonnie right but Kyle, you know, again, 
like the shies are porn. He's not he's not wanking over some hot girl next door. He's no. wanking over a, a an elderly. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a fucking deviant man. I mean, honestly, every fucking scene is disgusting. But the, so you get to a point where Robin Williams kind of like reveals to Kyle that he's seen Claire, yeah. the teacher, and Kyle's like initially like super impressed, and he's like, "Are oh, you guys banging and pretty crude?" But I think it was a really really interesting bit of writing for Bobcat Goldthwait in that he makes Kyle call it right on Claire. He he's does. like, he's like, she's a phony. What do you think of her? She, and he goes, yeah, she's a phony. Yeah. And Robin Williams is clearly just besotted with the fact that this hot young woman is is his thing. Is, it makes you wonder, like, what our thought, what the thought process is with her being with him in the first place, though. You know, because she, she does, I she totally, does end up with Mike, and then, but then she goes back to Robin Williams for we'll get probably get to discussing that. But like the initial, like, why were they together in the first place? I see. I I, I couldn't work that out either yeah. because he's no really. You well, know, compared to Mike, he's no really. You know, a catch. Do you know what I mean? I mean it's, yeah. it's like he, the whole phony thing. It's like what. Game was What's the angle? What's I, I, angle, yeah, then, it's the angle. You know? I, because she, I, I, makes, I, just yeah. a weird kind of, I, and detail. Or Maybe just, I mean, the fact is that it's pretty clear that Robin Williams is, I mean, all the, the baby names and stuff like yeah. that, he's besotted with her. Like, yeah, he's, he's so cool. Cool. Think Boy, it was just yeah. the attention she was yeah. enjoying. Yeah. She has him like wrapped around her, yeah. her little finger, you know. Uh, totally. like, but he's a, he's a total loser, though, is it? Exactly. Thing, you know? But is I mean, it? these people crave, but people like, like her character sort of crave that, don't they? They're like yeah. teases, you know what I mean? For yeah. the want a better word to, to, be, to put it, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also, she serves a device purpose as well because it makes him look all the more pathetic. Yeah, yeah, within, yeah the, totally. yeah. within the story within of the film, the story, I just yeah. mean in the world of the film, what, what was it? I know, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, I. So you get a kind of early insight into. Robin Williams talking to the neighbour outside the house, uh, Bonnie, which is quite nice. She like you know they can tell that he's despairing about his his kid, and she's like your kid's a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she asks him to make some pot brownies because yeah, uh, yeah. he's, he's smoking, smoking weed. weed. Yeah. yeah, and she's into zombie films and stuff like that. It's quite nice. And he goes back into the house, and there's a bedroom scene that's quite it's quite it's almost quite touching. Like they get close to having a little bit of a moment. Aye. and he goes back into this, the the room, stoned, and sits in the bed, kind of giggling and talking pish with yeah. Kyle. He talks about them doing something non-vagina related. <laughs> Outside the vagina. Outside the vagina. And that's when uh, what is it, like Kyle starts kind of saying to him, so, um, you know, he's, he's kind of impressed yeah. that, that he's, he's, he's seen Claire. He's like, oh yeah, that's, that's not bad. So he kind of, I guess the next time that becomes relevant is because Robin Williams, via a little bit of like getting pissed off at Claire because she's flirting with Mike and stuff, the, she ends up saying, right, let's go to dinner. And he's like, oh, I can't. I agree to spend time with Kel. And she's like, bring him. But she, you just know his fucking that recipe for idea. disaster. That, that dinner scene to start with when he's looking at his phone is so brilliant. Like, yeah. again, just Aye. in how much of a little prick he is. Yeah. And one of the best bits for Claire in it is when he tries to embarrass them by saying, so uh, are you guys like doing it? And then she just is like, right, I'm she not going yeah. to win this yet. kid over. And she's like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm hurting right now. <laughs> Which totally gives his dad props. And, and, uh, and he's like, whoa. Uh, he's like, what? Cool. And, and oh, it yeah. totally diffuses him as well. Uh, totally, man. So yeah. she's got the upper hand right away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I guess then, you know, for the purposes of storytelling, he start, he, he leans down to pick something up and notices that he can see her pants. Yeah. And takes, <laughs> a, bunch, fucking awful, and takes a bunch of photos <laughs> up her skirt without her knowing uh, while the dad and her are, chatting away and then he's like oh you know I'm quite happy to get home now Um, on the way home they almost have a moment she's sitting in the car and Kyle's like dad go and fuck her go I mean come on go and he's like actually physically touching him and patting him on the face and stuff and Robin Williams is like you know don't talk like that blah 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 it's it's, it's it's a a weird kind of connection though because 
we, we know Kyle's got this obsession with like sex, fucking. any sort yeah. of sex. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird that he's kind of living that yeah, well, his dad. He's obsessed aye. with fucking, and also he's got these dirty pictures and wants aye, to get so his dad. to get home and well, aye, get into yeah. the so house. He's just trying to get his dad off. out the fucking way quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess, basically, for if you've never seen this, right? So, uh, Robin Williams takes her home. Uh, she tries to get him to stay over. He says, no, I need to go back and see Kel. Q, as I said, one of my 10 favourite scenes in cinema. Uh, he goes back to the house and it's a bit of a rerun of the initial uh, interaction where he goes up to, he goes up to the, the door and he's like, oh, for God's sake, I told you to stop doing that. Because obviously yeah. you, you realise that Kyle's probably jacking off again, except something's different this time. Because uh, he kind of pauses at the door. He kind of goes to go in and then he pauses. And at that point, you know it's went too far. It's you know what I mean? beautifully Aye. paced though, because it's, it's really slow. Like he doesn't yeah, rush yeah, in yeah. and he doesn't suddenly go, <gasps> like Aye, that. Yep. it's just... There's no reaction. There's no movement. He's obviously thinking back to, oh, we did this before and I made an idiot myself, but then he kind of realises Aye, like, you see this. You see this. It's, off. it's a slight change and just uh, the way he kind of goes back into the room. Aye. And then you get the first organ tones of the song, Don't Be Afraid, You're Already Dead by Akron Family. <laughs> Which is a really this good choice, This is aye. honestly one of my favourite bits of sync I've ever seen. Yeah. And, it's, and like all the other sound drops out and you're, you're ju- you've just got the... You've just got the, the song. And him, there's no audio. And that. he's wailing yeah. in yeah. it. it I mean that fucking scene of him wailing like, I mean obviously it's a comedy film and the kid's been jacking off and died doing that so it's a very black setting it's very it's a very Goldthwait setting yeah. you know to have this bereaved father absolutely howling his heart out yeah. and Robin Williams nails that fucking yeah, scene totally. it is heartbreaking he's an it. extremely good I mean we were talking about earlier about um, one of photo and there was another one popped in my head it was Insomnia, um, Insomnia. he played you know that he, he had jobs you know what I mean as an actor oh, definitely he, he goes fetal on the floor just yeah. as that phrase love is simple yeah, comes up and that's like a refrain in the song yeah, and it's just powerful like, oh man it's it's absolutely fucking brilliant he's looking at Kyle he picks up the phone sees what he was wanking over deletes that and stuff and you've got the, the music stuff playing um, mm-hmm. and then he decides that he's going to rearrange the body uh, and make it look like he just hung himself yep. you know put his, put his dick yep. away just make it into a suicide and he's absolutely distraught the, it's implied that a lot of time has passed he sits at the computer and starts to write the suicide note on the computer yep. as though it's from Kyle and then he, he, he hangs his body up in the wardrobe. Um, I mean, that that that, that, was, that whole that whole part was so fucking heart wrenching, man. Yeah. And the, I mean? the song runs in its entirety yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. which I think is fucking really bold and beautiful. Um, actually, I, I went and saw Akron Family, right? Um, because I got so into them because of that. I, because they, of that, they sound yeah. very little like that song. <laughs> right. They're actually oh, really? they're, they're quite a kind of quite an avant-garde indie band they're, right. they're, they're pretty unusual um, mm-hmm. uh, so it was not the typical thing the best one yeah. beautiful song see oh fuck see the harmonies in it oh man the rich gang harmony yep. and, uh, yep. and that's it's just fucking absolutely stunning aye they can uh, match you both the music and that spot on aye absolutely man um, so yeah uh, and you're 40 minutes into the film and Kyle's dead and as I say from all my recollections actually it felt like that first part of the film had whizzed by past, yeah. Yeah. aye yep, yep. It's actually been quite a decent amount of runtime, and then it cuts to post death, and it's Robin Williams in the car looking at those footprints from yeah. early on. That it feels like there's been some time passed as well. It's ah, not like it, just I, next the following week. It seems like a bit. Of yeah, because the, the headmaster says to him, "You can take more time that's off." That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I, the fact that he's not washed, yeah, it's still got so, the muddy footprints. It's the only thing he's got to remember. My how clever a way really to smart, illustrate aye. a state of mind is that it's like. 
you imply that these dirty footprints have sat in this car for so long and the guy's deliberately not washed them because they're the reminder of, of his, his son. son. Aye, not at all. And yet you're also suggesting that time's passed and it's like without having to do any, you know... Um, over-explaining or anything yeah, over, like that. You're just, yeah, or two weeks later on the... It's, it's an incredibly <laughs> dense yeah. bit of, yeah. of clever filmmaking. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons that I think this film's really underrated, honestly. And Aye, it's, smart movie, it's a level of panache that... There's great moments in other Bobcat Goldthwait films, but I think things like that are fucking like that's top level for me. It's a really subtle it, film. No, it's it, nothing over plays in it. It's, yeah, no, it's very understated. But there's enough wee wee details like that that are just it just make they turn it up a notch. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, just elevate it. I absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, he goes into the school, and a lot of people can't make eye contact with him, apart from Mike, who does make an effort to yeah. talk to him, and be really sincere, and that's kind of nice in that bit because again, it fleshes that I, character out, doesn't make it too dimensional. Yeah. But you've got a brilliant scene, a really telling scene with Claire next. Robin Williams is in his class. Claire kind of awkwardly comes into the class and sort of begins this apology where she sort of she it's a phrase like I don't do death well or something yeah. like that shows how kind of cold she actually is. Aye, do you know what I mean? Shows it vindicates Kyle's assessment of her as, yeah, as being aye, a phone spot on. Yeah. Aye. again, yeah. this is one of those bits where I just thought it, that little scene just shows how good Bobcat Goldthwait can be when he wants to be because there's a bit where she's done this apology I don't do death well and he's been really gracious about it he's like yeah don't worry about it it was a crazy period anyway blah 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 wasn't really going to be good company which obviously that isn't when someone's lost their kid you don't expect them to be good company no, you just need to be there for them but yeah, she's, yeah. she's 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 like played through up to this point as if she's like really invested in him and then at one time she really he needs her she's just not fucking there yeah, you know I mean? and you can tell he's weary but he's still not angry but there's this little bit that I just think is brilliantly understated where she goes back to some of their baby talk and she says cheer up pumpkin I like you yeah aye that's a that's a, that's a horrible thing to it's, say it's, aye it's oh my god see the more aye. times you see it the more you're like oh that bit is fucking genius so much you just want to get the reaction back from him that he still likes her. Yeah, and, and she, he just she, said, just, she just wants to hear that from him. It's not because she's trying to be there. Yeah, for him. she's there to suck that fucking energy from him for herself. Do you know what I mean? She's it is telling that he only says thanks. He doesn't yeah. say you know he's got things in it like he goes honeydew, watermelon, and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. He like says ex yeah. extravagant. He just you know? he just says thanks, and then she kind of like waves like yeah. gently as she goes out the classroom. And I just think that scene is another one that it's it's not the biggest, most explosive dramatic scene, yep. but just the observation yeah, that it takes to it. get to get the mannerisms the right. The nuances of what I... And kudos to the actors and, uh, as well, because they fucking absolutely judge that perfectly. Yeah. It feels very human. Very, very, and it, very. And it's yeah. one of those things that was like, the cringe factor is fucking acute Aye. at that point. And you also, they cut to a scene as well where the headmaster's talking to this new character, this doctor kind of counsellor character Aye, saying, yep. there's hardly anybody at the funeral. I feel bad. I should have gone. I know. <laughs> fucking brilliant. And, and he's like, oh, well, you know, don't beat yourself up. It was a weekday. It was a weekday. Oh, I that, mean, I totally, man. That line. Totally. And this is what I meant about the kind of job, God and job thing. The director, even now, doesn't stop beating up yeah. on Lance. He's like, well... The boy's funeral was fucking deserted. The school pals didn't go. The yep. teachers didn't even bother going. They yep. just and it's just continuing to just beat this fucking guy up. Yep. The grief counselor kind of talks about how this is the first 
hint that there might be something positive coming out of this but yep. he says oh suddenly all these kids are coming to talk to me it's amazing like you know nobody wants to talk about Kyle but they're, they're talking about their their own things he says one kid comes home with head lice and he's like that's not my area <laughs> <laughs> I know that was fucking brilliant I um, but at least it's like he's saying that there's like a kind of cracking of the ice in some of the students that yeah. this death is done and that becomes a bit of a, a thing as well but yeah like the funeral was empty the the beatings continue and then there's there's a cut to a scene where Mike's English class in his absence has become full and it cuts to Robin Williams' class or Lance's class and, and it's got three students in it. That's right, it's, yeah. It's got my favourite student in it, the, oh, the, the, guy, the, black, J- the J- Jason. The black guy, the fucking <laughs> this year, the, the black power speech is fucking brilliant, man. He's got he's he's got he's a, got a, a line, line later on. I, I've got yeah. to say, but in case we forget to say it, I mean we were talking about this off off camera. We're Queen fans and stuff, the band Queen, but the use of like under pressure Aye, on this. When, the, when he's first given when the, he, the, when, he's like this a poem I've wrote. But. I, I bet Robin Williams' response is so fucking good that he turns around and goes that's not a poem, that's under pressure by Queen. He goes, I didn't think you know that. He's like, I'm white. Which <laughs> <laughs> is fucking brilliant. And a lot, of the, a lot of the music in it is kind of hinted at elsewhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Bruce Hornsby's hinted at and makes a, a musical appearance. He's hinted at and then he's like, literally in it. <laughs> and then, and he's then in it. Queen are sort of part of the narrative and then and they form this outro, really yeah. important yep, scene. Aye, totally. And there's and even like with Don't Be Afraid You're Already Dead, the wee organ motifs are sort of appear mm-hmm. later on in the song. And it's, it's really good at doing callbacks and bringing consistency rather than it just yep. being a succession yeah, like because it could have easily just been a bunch of songs one after the other aye, there's, aye. there's no uh, there's no score in this it's all sync music aye, yeah. aye. Aye. I, don't, I definitely don't think there's any there's been a lot of thought in this do you know what I mean I don't think there's been anything just like you know being just, just fired in for the in, sake yeah. of being in it it's all in it for a reason and like you say it kind of comes back around in itself and it makes sense do you know yeah, what I mean yeah almost every thing is tied off it not just once but consolidated you know yeah, it's, yeah. there's there's very few things you'd be like oh that didn't need to be there that's why I'm saying as well it's so hard to think about stuff you would cut because it all feels considered yep there's a great scene uh, there's a good cameo in it as well but Robin Williams standing looking at a newsstand full of porno mags and all you can see is the titles Squirters and Ass School <laughs> and he bursts into tears watching yeah. it because it reminds him of his son and then the newsstand owner who's Chris Novoselic from uh, Nirvana, Nirvana yep. comes over and c- consoles him. him and that looks even more to me because Chris Novoselic is so, so fucking tall, tall. Robin Williams is so short it, it, it's really well done though the way he kind of looks at the magazines and this sobbing man in front of the magazines <laughs> And he doesn't. It's like he gets it without even no, saying. Yeah, it does look quizzical, like, and he's just like, oh. He doesn't do like a mug or a yeah. weird kind of script. He just just hugs him. He needs, a wee, cu- he needs a wee cuddle, man. So yeah. the film was apparently mainly shot in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and obviously the Goldthwaite's like history with Nirvana that kind of makes yeah. it. You know, it actually makes it a surprise that Grohl wasn't in it as well. I suppose. I think fuck he wasn't, man. I understand <laughs> that cunt. Robbie Williams tries to phone Claire again to sort of reconnect with her, and she's watching Mike by now. She's hooked up with Mike, and yeah. she's at a basketball game and she like hangs up in Robin Williams sorry I've got to go Mike's just won the game and that's another beating from the director yeah. it's a director ah, it's like how much can the fucking life pile on this guy man it's man. fucking brutal then it cuts the scene it starts to develop the relationship with the neighbour Bonnie which I think is really good it lets him into her flat turns out she's a hoarder in her yeah, flat she's like got a piles, fucking mess piles of paper, yeah. yep. and there's a beautiful line in that about how she's scared of throwing things away because she thinks that something terrible will happen yep. it's, it's quite a touching wee bit Robin Williams has a line at that bit which is quite nice like I know my son was a jerk but I'll miss him and there's a a few to that effect you never because it's kind of it's that unspoken thing and this is one of the themes actually I'll touch on at the end is that very rarely people have the guts to speak ill of the dead even if the dead totally deserved it yeah oh fuck I I absolutely and as his dad 
it's so unavoidable because he was yeah, a because he was a I think at one point he calls him a douche yeah. at the end he calls him a douche I will obviously we'll get to that part I... and it really got me musing on all the crap people that die every day yeah. in the world like, we, like tomorrow there'll be fucking crap people that die <laughs> and there'll be funerals and services where people try to pretend people try saying oh he was a great person <laughs> I actually for enough, I have to my dad's funeral man yeah. it's like if you get a humanist um, you know one of the guys to basically write the thing up <laughs> And he sat down and uh, he's like, so what was your dad like? My first words was he was a prick. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, right, we'll roll with that then. <laughs> so that it's was like, I. Going how, what am I going to do here? I, like, how, do you, like, how do you really, and there's people that you're just like, fuck me, this is a thankless task. Yeah. And Aye, totally, man. Kyle's character in this is clearly Aye. a thankless task. And, yeah, and I just I just love that Bobcat Goldthwait is one of the few comedy writers that is willing to address that subject. That Aye. maybe that person that died Maybe they were a knob end. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but, maybe they don't deserve nice things to be said about them. Aye, but again, that, that's reality. These things, you know what I mean? It's fucking, it's, reality's fucking hard, man. It will not yeah. get fuck out of you and, and continue and, to not fuck out of you. And he does not shy away from <laughs> No, he does yeah, not. Totally. He revels in it, man. So uh, it turns out, he goes back to school and the, the headmaster's like, oh, I've got some bad news. One of the kids went on and looked at like the police report like, yeah. the, uh, and basically they got the suicide note and they've published it so everybody knows uh, <laughs> the suicide note. Uh, it's been shared all around the school and so you see all the school kids sitting reading this school newsletter uh, of the suicide note and it there's a song that comes on called I Hope I Become a Ghost it's by a band called Deadly Syndrome who I'd never really heard of they sound like that band Cold War Kids though and there's a montage of all these people reading this suicide note and projecting on Kyle's you know fake legacy the person that they kind of now want him want to be, be in yeah, head. Yeah. and you get the, a little ghostly image of him being that person. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a kind of, it's quite a kind of campy bit because yeah. you know uh, they, they, they basically superimpose a sort of like hologram ghost type thing of Kyle. Like looking at the camera dressed up as, you know, like a, a, poet, beat, a beatnik uh, poet yep, yep. or like a, a, an emo kid at one point. Yeah, an emo kid. Uh, there's another one, a goth. Yep. Like a, a and then there's the, the point that the teacher, uh, the headmaster, was going to send him away to a special school. Because <laughs> he's fucking disturbed. He's, he's, no, he's, he's like, he basically says he's special. Uh, he's, 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 he's special treatment. He's a fucking idiot. And there's that montage of him getting like putting him on the bus. As a special needs kid, he forces him on. He yeah. kind of throws him onto the bus. <laughs> um, there's a kind of an interesting thing as well that he Goldthwaite does. In that he does a fourth wall break because it does like the, the montage. Then it cuts to a series of the faces, yeah, and, and they're, they're all looking, staring yeah. right down the camera. Which is that's pretty unusual in itself to yeah, mix aye. your formats in a film yeah, like totally. that. You know, it's like mm. he's, he's I've got, never done it up to up until that point. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and that bit when when that's happening, that's a bit when Robin Williams comes into school and he's walking down and it's. Um, his son's ghost is kind of following him in the yeah. the, the glass and the, mm. the doorways I thought that bit was really fucking it's quite creepy actually it kind of turns at that point no creepy in the sense like you're scared I don't mean that but the, the, the kind of tone becomes like proper proper dark like his son's memories kind of haunting him sort of thing and and that's again what makes this so pitch black is, is that there's stuff in it that's actually genuinely like quite traumatic like yeah. like the wailing anguish scene and, oh, yeah. and bits yep. like that Aye. and like it, it does straddle some really dark imagery and some really dark moments as yep, well yep. as making them some really horrendously awkward and funny moments like the yep. squatters and ass school <laughs> just, just prior to it aye totally um, I also noticed as well in that suicide note that all the kids are reading it's quite telling Lance uh, you, you've kind of had a lot of 
pity for him but actually a few times they now start to make you actively dislike him uh, yeah, totally um, he's, ag- yep. again beating up on him because in the letter there's, he's written into his son's fake suicide letter oh hey dad don't blame yourself yeah. you did everything you could Aye. and and so that you're like oh you <coughs> fucking rat you're like that's so pathetic and I, I know man because he kind of did but in the same token, I get, I, I he's totally he's get. He's picking he's himself he's up. Telling aye, himself aye, that. Aye, he's telling he's himself like, that you, you did everything you could. Aye, aye, but aye, you're probably. So right, it's, 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 it's a selfish thing. Isn't yeah, it? oh, aye, totally. Aye, feel better. Aye, absolutely. Yeah. Um, then there's another kind of like device thing where he gets all the kids kind of huddle him. It's almost like you're watching a musical or a, yeah. a musical number. Like it's it's not meant to be literal. It's not that yeah, everybody's it's not like it actually happens. actually happening. And even <laughs> in the context of the film, but it's mm-hmm. another device to show yep. that the community's gathering around them. And yeah, and then after that, Mike's English class starts to empty, and Robin Williams walks Aye, in his poetry so class, and it's absolutely so, choked. Yep. And all anybody wants to ask about is, you know, what did Kel like? Yep. What was Kel's yep. favorite record? And they start bothering him at and the camera. That's camp. where we get that amazing line from Jason. <laughs> did the, tell me, did the boy find Jesus before he ah, went? Fucking did the boy going, know man. Jesus before he went? <laughs> That's what he wants to know, man. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fucking Such, such a, a minor character, but he, like, he, st- he totally great, stood out great, for great me. Great, great, great lines. Yeah. Yeah. He's a minor, he only has, what, three or four lines yeah. in the film, and even he has a trajectory, because he starts off trying to quote Queen lyrics for a, to get out of a poetry class, yeah. and then you can tell that in the interim, he's discovered sort of like like Black Power ah, and yeah, sort of like Malcolm and, and, and then that. he's jesus up at the end of it. And by the <laughs> third line he's actually you've he's already been on a journey and it's yeah. the fucking the writing in that really as well smart, is, is you kind of want to know his story or yeah. what's, the, what's the side story to this what, what happened to him between the kind of similar and all that the kind of jock character exactly yeah, what I, I was going to talk yeah. about I mean that, that was that's fucking deep man that whole yeah. part you know with him basically saying his son's suicide made him realise he could come out as gay and stuff like that yeah. and that, I thought that was really fucking so smart the big meathead that had been pushing Kyle into lockers yep. like approaches Rob Mulm says he's being gay and, and actually like Later on in the film, then goes on to say that his dad's been abusing him and that he's been suicidal. Yep, and the only reason he didn't do it was because obviously the, he read the journal. And, and that's a fucking like powerful that. character because that's like that's man. literally like the fucking. It's not the quarterback. He's too big for that. But you know what I mean? He's like the he's he's the, the, the big meathead, the, the big the front, the front line, Yeah, yeah. And it, then they've got him. You know, confronting his sexuality, his suicidal ideation. Yeah, totally. you know, he's he's unhealthy domestic life and stuff it's, Aye, it's smart again a, levels, a bit man. part character that is doing more it's than some entire movies fucking right the aye act, absolutely I was Zach Sanchez Vital because a bit of it you know obviously we're racing ahead but the bit at the end you know when we get the big reveal sort of thing when he starts crying and he's talking to Robin Williams that, I mean it looks it looks legit you yeah, know what I mean yeah when the different students are sort of uh, projecting onto Kyle what they wanted them to be there's a, a great line from the girl's poem you were too sweet to stay in this world my angel in cargo pants aye yeah <laughs> Oh, that's a golf girl, wasn't it? Yeah. She gets a round of applause. She's fucking brilliant, man. She's brilliant. Mike, at this point, again, tries to be nice, but then sort of does an unavoidable douchey thing. And so the, the Mike character, he, he starts to get less in control. The yeah. coolness that... Because earlier on in the film, he was like, indefatigably sort of cool like he was just yeah. two hands and then he starts to struggle a bit he's it, like it kind of becomes what Robin Williams was at the start yeah, of the film they, like they kind of bumbling and kind of insecure and stuff like that he's yep. making gaffes and he's trying to talk and then no one's liking his jokes he makes yep. a couple of jokes yep. and nobody laughs and he feels awkward about it and so yeah I think their rivalry starts to become really overt yep. you know they're still kind of doing it through gritted teeth I'm not, they're not openly criticising each other at no, this but point. Like, it's backhanded like, kind Lance of stuff. is on their eyes and uh, Mike's on the, the kind of the, the down low yep. Yep. Yeah, I think, and he also at one point you see Mike starting to look into the, uh, yeah, the yeah. police record of of the boys. He, he kind of starts getting suspicious. See, I thought it. at that point in the film, I thought he was going to expose him. 
Same, same. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. I, I thought because you see him and Andrew kind of having a chat yeah. at one point. Yeah. Too, I, I so. thought it'd been the better play got you know the part they got to play and golf. Both, I thought it was going to yeah. come out then. They're chatting and then I think they both look round at him. Is that is that how it works? So that's yeah, when yeah. you're meant to. Ah, like, you think I think that's again smart because it's setting you up to think that they're going to spring him and say right, yeah. we know this is a yeah. lot of shite. You, you wrote this and you know whatever, but I so I think there's also again with Robin Williams' character becoming a bit unlikable. He starts to actively manipulate reality yep. using Kyle um, there's, I, that's right, I. there's a bit where he's, he takes Claire back to his house and starts you know he, he, he races home and writes up another journal, Aye, journal entry just so he can get in her pants exactly and the journal entry this bit this time is about how Kyle really loved Claire and he's got a line in it I hope they last I hope I'm leaving my dad in good hands and she starts crying and then starts getting off with him and then but that's creepy as fuck though because mm. like, then she starts they start having sex and you can tell the whole reason she's really getting turned on is actually because of which supposedly his yeah. son's wrote and it's not actually because of Robin Williams which and is also fucking at that horrible point, as well um, when they start kissing he reaches over and he turns the photo down because he feels the guilt yeah, uh, yeah so he yeah. takes a photo for the first time absolutely it's really interesting as well at this point like looking at Goldthwait how much a fucking nihilist he is right because the amalgamation of like the, the fictional Kyle at this point and the real Lance creates such a fucking oddball personality, right? But mm. all like, he- uh, is it Heather? Is that the name of the goth girl? Right? They, they all, it, yeah, it, so. he's like, it's such a weird personality, but he still is like, right, but they're still able to project what they want onto this person. And I think the whole underlying theme here is that people see what they want to see. 100%. And he I... does bring this back at a later point in the show as well, during the talk show. What people are seeing there versus what actually seems to be happening there yeah, is, is yeah. quite different. Because that amalgam version of fake Kyle and real Lance and, you know, the Bruce Hornsby records and all that shit, the point is that it's improbable that, you know, yeah. oh, he's, Bruce Hornsby was his favourite artist, but obviously it fucking wasn't, or it wouldn't have been even if he'd liked music. Aye, totally. right? But you're like, the point I think Goldthwait's making is that even as ridiculous as that is, all these kids are still able to re- really relate to him by warping the reality of what he aye, is. It's about the IP, it's like, like you say, it's just like fitting it, making it fit you. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. a tragedy somehow makes shapes you in some way to kind of change your own opinions to create a, a narrative of someone that you don't fucking know. Do you Everybody's know what I mean? delighted to be brought into that as well. Like she's delighted when she finds out that he likes her, yep. you know, and, and the other kids are delighted when they feel that they can finally connect to him and stuff. And so Robin Williams almost is like starting handing out rewards to people like to bring them on board. Yep. So I'll bring you on board by te- by writing a fictional thing that he liked and it shows you how much, how deeply pessimistic I think that Goldthwait is about human nature. Oh fuck I. Yep. And we were talking about how Robin Williams was meant to be in a bit part and ended up playing a big part mm. I think he saw that in this and I think it gives you a little bit of insight into his perspective because yeah. he couldn't have failed but to notice that theme oh, I... and the re- I think I suspect that the reason he wanted to take a bigger part in this film is because he related so much to what was being said yep and I think I think that's like that's that's really profound. Back in the kind of world of the film, you also start to get your first moments of the guilt starting to creep up on him, and maybe hints of him confessing. Aye, he starts having conversations, but people are actually now sort of not wanting. They don't want to hear. They just want. They just want to hear. They want to hear projection. Yeah, and that's when the doctor starts saying that now that this is taken on board, he just has kids queuing up at his door, like wanting to talk. And you start to actually see that this fake reality has made a lot of these people much happier. You know, they feel much more connected and open and confronting their own, like the, the, for example, the Jock character who's now fully out and says he just wants to be happy in his life. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, right, so the lies are actually now a totally positive force. But they're eating away at him. But it's and not it's a lie. That, but yeah. it's that selfish thing where 
he knows that you know it's a fragile thing because he knows that like, he's helping everybody be doing this right but in the same token it's fucking him up inside but rather than weigh it up and say well it's me or, or there's the good for the greater you know for the school or whatever yeah. he decides to put the boot in <laughs> when we get to the when, end you know yeah what I mean? but before that like he has that near miss I think and then he just goes and gets high and writes what's effectively the, the full journal yeah you know um, the one oh that, I fuck I of course I so <laughs> he, he, he can see he kind of he's on the fence but Get, he's, he's enjoying it as well because I mean at the start he says what was it, it, it when he's talking about not being published he says it's not it's not the financial aspect that he's interested in it's just having people read his stuff yeah because that's so what he is yep, yep. now people are reading his stuff so he's like well I'll give them more of what they want and right. it's, it's also given him control of his environment mm. because he realises he can now manipulate people by writing them into the journals Aye. you know and giving them what they clearly want I mean yep. there's a bit in it as well where uh, he also sort of inadvertently embroils Claire in the fantasy by letting her decide the title of the journal that's like, right she, she wants it changed to you don't know me and he does that and she's kind of so proud at being able to choose the title of it that you know she doesn't know that it's all a lie yeah. but he then makes her complicit in yep. part of that world building I think that that's really yep. interesting I totally aye there's a bit in it which I guess in the context it's a pretty dark film anyway but the self-harm of like carving yeah Kyle the, the girl carves Kyle into her yeah, leg, leg and the, the boy the, the long haired boy that likes um, Aussie Mate, oh, he's fucking funny man he just keeps asking about what metal bands do they like <laughs> yeah. he, he gets the tattoo of the photo yeah that, that photo yeah. Yeah, the way they look special <laughs> and people yeah. start wearing the t-shirt and stuff the, and t-shirts and the, the ginger she puts the little photo in the locket ah, as well. yeah, that's she's right, like aye. got it in her heart she's like oh. they even have a fight over a CD ah, that's, that's fucking, fucking funny man Bruce Hornsby one Bruce Hornsby one because the teacher comes in his lap Bruce Hornsby aye fucking Lance sort of gets about as far to unlikable as I think he's going to get at this point when he stands up Bonnie. Ian Bonnie, who's been kind of like his crutch. It's the, it's the only kind of safe place he's got. Yeah, really, so she, she's the only person that's really there to help him with the kind of uh, communal love of zombie movies and mm. pop brownies and stuff. Yep. And he stands her up for what was meant to be like a marathon sort of thing that she's clearly quite excited about. And you see that that's the same sort of rejection that he was suffering earlier in the film. But he's became that character that yeah. did the same thing. To and him. I think Aye. at that point, he's about as far down that road of unlikability as he's going to get cuts to the golf course scene which is kind of I mean I guess it's, it's sort of an inflection there's, there's maybe your bit that you could take out like the golf I could probably that could probably go and you wouldn't really miss too much I'm trying to think what actually gets said well there. maybe but they, they, that's when they decide that they're going to dedicate the library yeah, I um, and Aye. I think it's actually quite a key scene for Mike. I mean, I get it. Probably you're right. If you were going to take one Aye. thing out, it possibly could go. Yeah. But Mike looks pathetic in that scene, and, yeah. and he he does exactly the same thing to, to Robin Williams' character that he did at the start with the New Yorker thing. Exactly, that's he, the callback where he demeans him. And as we were saying, like like yeah. Goldthwait, everything is doubled down on in this film. Nothing's left to chance. No. So, so that New Yorker kind of like. It's not a national. Oh, it is a national thing. He talks about how he's been invited on. Is it Doctor Dana? Yeah. He says that it's not Oprah. Or something he says, like that. Oh, it's not Oprah, and he kind of makes a joke about it. And it's like, well, it's still a big talk show, yeah, a big yeah, national yeah. talk goes, show. Okay, yeah. then, so <laughs> there's an interesting bit at that scene. I, I, maybe it's just me, but because uh, I've seen it so many times, right? But that is, as I was saying, like Robin Williams, uh, Lance, we'll call him, sorry, is is giving tokens to people to bring them on board. He's he's bringing them into the lie, giving them what they want to hear. You know, telling the, you know, he, for example, he tells the headmaster at that point, you know, who feels guilty about the special needs thing. Yeah. Clearly, he was actually too smart for us, and he was bored. And, Rob, and Robin Williams kind of lets him emotionally off the hook. 
and the headmaster's visibly grateful puts his arm around him and he sort of feels relieved and the, the headmaster voluntarily sort of buys into that lie as well yep. there's a moment there where now Robin Williams already knows that Mike is sort of like a little bit suspicious because he's seen him looking up the, that, the computer, the computer thing before mm-hmm. this obviously isn't part of the film but I'm like that is the moment where Robin Williams could have given Mike a token he could have brought Mike into yeah, the lie I and kind of think he maybe would have bought into the lie at that moment because Mike's looking pathetic cracking jokes nobody's taking them and Robin Williams could have said by the way Mike I was reading the bit in the journal about Aye. how much he respected you and how he, you know he, he thought you were such an upstanding guy and Mike might have been like oh that's great Aye, but he decides not to do it man. but Robin Williams doesn't give him that yep. and maybe that's partly because of the love rivalry Aye, as definitely. You know I mean? Aye, I he, does, think he doesn't so, want him to be part of it you know? but it's a tactical misstep yeah if, if well, you will I, you know it's I, like not he, he could have actually sort of bulletproofed the lie I, but yeah. he's like but no, no, he, not for him <laughs> yeah exactly I mean I suppose Andrew would still have been a, a little bit of a loose end but at least he could have brought Mike on side but he, he, he doesn't do that there's a really good line uh, by the way that Andrew's suspicious because the, the journal doesn't have any fishing felching uh, sorry because <laughs> the journal doesn't have any fisting felching and anal intercourse on it which is yeah, uh, yeah. does um, Robbie Boyle say that a bit, it's a little bit shy of felching I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he mentions felching and he's like, uh, Lance is like oh, it's a little, little bit light on felching, felching aye, aye fucking brilliant Bobcat Goldthwait makes a cameo, by the way, in the he hotel does. scene. Uh, he's a chauffeur, um, or the guy that comes to pick them up or something. So, so they get invited on this talk show, which is kind of, you know, this is to, to just underline how big the lie has gotten. Ah, that they're now getting invited lie. on national talk shows to talk about this book, which is where I also see the parallel with that journalist uh, from A Million Little Pieces yeah. going on Oprah. And I think that's kind of why you're like, well, maybe that's where he kind of got the inspiration. Yeah, it seems, seems that way. Yeah, Aye, definitely. But Goldthwait turns up as a driver, ends up sitting on the bed. Uh, yeah. While well, she's trying on dresses, it's just a fucking. And it's, an, it's like a ridiculously short length of time she takes to like change <laughs> <Yeah>. her dress. <laughs> the, the bit with the makeup scene, I think, is really good. The the crassness of even just the way some of the dialogues phrased. The agent comes in the yeah, book agent. It's very shallow. It's very like, very shallow. Aye. Yeah, and then the producer is like, uh, "And once more, man, I'm very sorry what happened for you. Now go out there and kick ass." You yeah. know <laughs> that kind of like horrible. Hor- like, probably has Bobcat's kind of view on like showbiz in general. Do you know what I mean? Still, but still keeping the humour there because yeah. there's the whole bit of the, the, the makeup artist trying to put the makeup on and he keeps moving and then uh, Miss Reed leans in and kisses Lance and the makeup artist is like oh, oh my god which is so great that's great <laughs> really so there's like four different people all doing cross things some of it's comedy and some of it's a bit more sinister the choreography of that comedy yeah, there is just aye. fucking brilliant and then you get I think just to effectively to one of the other most unbelievable scenes of Robin yeah. Williams acting career where he's on the show and he's trying to read something and he says was it, uh, he was he was a sweet boy and he's just fucking and he starts clearly himself. laughing yeah. but the audience think no, he's don't see that crying. again that's playing back to the whole you see what you want to see you see what you want yeah. to see exactly yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait consolidating that idea of you see what you want to see the audience and the host I mean she's like getting tissues out and consoling and him he's yeah. properly and he's in hysterics laughing, laughing yeah. trying to control reading his own lies yep. about his own son but it's that thing of when you're trying to try tell and you just can't stop smiling Aye, aye, he's, totally. on nas- he's on national TV doing this and he knows it's a, it's a yeah. farce man so he's like oh shit yeah. honestly see aye. re-watching just how skillfully like because you can imagine if you squint you can imagine it being severe like aye. Uh, yeah. anguish aye 
But it initially, when, when you're watching it initially, you think, oh, he's going to cry. At the very start, and he goes the other way. I kind of want to patent the phrase Mona Lisa hysterics. Because <laughs> nah, it's aye. like, it's hysterics that you can, if you look at it from a different angle, you're like, yeah. it could aye. be one, it could aye. be the other. But it's it's a brilliant bit of performance, honestly. Aye. I think it's wonderful. Kind of like that laughing at a funeral thing in it. It's like, you yeah. know, you yeah. laugh at, like, you laugh at things giggles. you can't really process. Yeah. You're just like, Absolutely. fuck. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then it goes to the school library dedication. And there is that moment where, He's just like, this has gone so far. And, you know, looking around the room and the absurdity of it, they obviously, Bruce Hornsby literally turns up. <laughs> Plays a tune. To play a tune. Yeah. It's actually quite a nice tune. tune's all right, And it actually. works really well because it goes... The, the, the ginger kid, the human microphone oh, stand. I know, that's gold. <laughs> and Bruce Hornsby pulls him in a bit. Aye. Pulls him, pulls him Aye, even so even good, just the haircut. That they put, <laughs> Aye, the bowl cut. The bowl cut that they put on that kid for Aye, that scene is... so good. It's, it's such an attention to detail. Aye. Like, just... Everything's been Absolutely fucking brilliant. But that dedication scene just looking around the absurdity of it and Robin Williams is just like this is just too much and I think the, the Hornsby thing about it I like the diegetic kind of quality of it yeah because it's in the room he's yeah. playing it in the room but it's again it sort of straddles that because it's yeah. loud and overarching as it looks around the room at the faces and the t-shirts and the, the basically the merchandising that's accompanied <laughs> this, this myth <laughs> of his douchebag son and he just kind of cracks this is I think another interesting reflection because the first time I watched this I was like, right, when he confesses, when he goes up in the stand and he gives that talk about my son was a douchebag, blah, 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 this was all a lie, I wrote the diary, all that kind of stuff. You're like, oh, that's good. He's, he's It's a redeemer for the character and he's come full circle and he's like, he's, he's honesty has won out and he's he's a good guy. Actually, watching it now... For, I, it's like, I'm the one you're praising here. Well, I, I, that's I, the kind well, of vibe I, would, I got when I watched the end of it. I would go even further than that, actually. I would say that watching it now for like an eighth time or something like that, I'm like, Right, so what's been established is that the lie is actually benefiting everyone. This guy's out the closet, these kids are getting help, the self like like people are going to the counsellors. Generally speaking, the community is much more together. Yeah. It's much healthier. Everything's much before. healthier. Yep. Yep. And Robin Williams, because he feels guilty, decides to fuck all that. Yep, totally. So, so he was selfish to start with. Yep. He created the lie, but then the lie ironically turned out to be quite positive for the community. And then Robin Williams, because he feels guilty about lying, Destroys takes a fucking yeah. mallet to all of that. He's got the power, and I think it's a, 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 a kind of weird way, of, you know, he's like out of control when he had his son was alive and his whole life was just like he couldn't you know he couldn't control anything and this is the one thing that he has yeah. control over he has I mean? control over but the, the thing is looking at it now I'm like oh so the right thing becomes the wrong thing yeah yep, totally you know, you're like oh the right thing to do is be honest and actually not well you know not for this other good stuff's came uh, from the lie sort of in thing. a utilitarian sense you're like no the right thing to do is to just let the lie go um, and just move on with your life and let this community stay together and these kids get counselling and this guy live his life and all these kind of positive things that have come out of it so actually it's a really selfish act yeah like, I mean it, that, that, that part's fucking painful man yeah. do you know what I mean what, what I do think though is like see that part the when he gives that speech about um, what's it the, you guys didn't like Kyle that's okay I didn't either. aye <laughs> totally aye the brevity of that speech compounds the drama of it because that could have been a speech that went on and on and was like but he actually he does it and then suddenly he just stops yeah he just stops and walks away he walks away yeah. and then he comes back and goes oh by the way and I wrote the diary yeah. and it's it's like that brevity for me makes it all the more of a juddering halt to yeah, the film totally, it's, totally. and then and then end of, you've got that one guy that claps yeah, the way that is, which is just a <laughs> beautiful like, comedic oh. touch, man. <laughs> and then it goes to this really 
kind of quite indulgent but beautiful odd ending yeah. which they bring back under pressure aye which is fucking brilliant it's great the actual aye, full song the full again song, he likes aye. to play full songs and these things and it's Robin Williams kind of leaving the room taking off his tie taking off his watch ripping open his shirt pulling off his trousers taking down his pants everything bar the blue socks yeah, the socks, aye, the socks is gold aye <laughs> goes up the diving board dives into the water and you've got this great slow I mean wobbling junk underwater aye, right aye, enough, fair but, enough yeah. aye. Um, he's doing alright for himself man but you've, <laughs> you've got this like scene of him you know coming up out the water feeling all refreshed and reborn yeah. it's kind of funny though because earlier on in the film at the dinner scene uh, he talks Robin, about being a diver he's like when I was younger I was a diver and Kyle goes dad diving's not a sport it's just, just falling, falling. <laughs> aye I know fucking brilliant so even that was like brought back aye, um, totally. brought back in like this source of mockery in his early life so like, there's almost no loose ends left no, in the entire film and I just it concludes with like a little bit of a um, a reunion with Andrew he meets Andrew on the way home Aye. and Andrew as we, this is something we didn't mention but I like the fact that Andrew's troubled family life's alluded to his mum's an alcoholic his yeah. mum yeah. was sick at the funeral and he's like oh that was her he's like yeah and he's like my mum's an alcoholic he's like yeah I know don't worry what are you doing tonight do you want something to eat and he's like I'd like that a lot and yeah. he became his sort of surrogate yeah, son sort Andrew, of thing Andrew was going round there to kind of escape his life that's, yeah. that's why he was hanging about yeah. with, and to uh, me that's Kyle. for me that I thought the film would end like that, where somehow he would take the place of his son. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, and he did. So. And he did. I mean, this film, you know, the, the way it ends, and obviously it's it cuts to back to the house, and it's him, the, the older lady, neighbour, and Andrew watching the, the zombie movie. And I love the fact they've got the fucking thing poster as well, Aye. which is quality, <laughs> man. Um, but that, that to me, it just shows the heart in the movie. That, you know, I mean, because it. There's so much darkness in this. Again, it's the balancing act, I think, trying to keep it kind of that way. Do you know what I mean? Because there is nihilistic parts, 100%. Like heavy, heavy but parts. if it's just nihilistic with nothing else, it, it kind of, I, I don't think this movie would have worked mm-hmm. anywhere near yeah, as well. Requiem for a Dream aye, or something like that. Aye, something like that. I mean, but that, that does grim. work, but it's but aye, but I think, just a bit about what you're saying, I think the, the ending's, it's, a, it's quite a satisfying ending, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It's the most satisfying ending it could have been. I'm, I'm, I'm interested that Roger Ebert thought it was less brutal than it could have been. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I wonder what like, the fuck that was then before that. Well, <laughs> if you watch some of these other films, I guess there is scope to see, but what would he have done though? I don't know, like how, how, how else did... Is there another cut? How did Ebert see it? No, not that I'm, well, there could be, but it's not, not that I'm aware of yeah. anyway. But yeah, I mean, I, as a amusing on the subtle awfulness of people yeah. I think it's unbelievably yeah. nuanced and totally. brilliant in its execution I don't mm-hmm. know I, th- I think it's Goldthwait's best film other films have great bits to them and great ideas to them but just the competency with which it's executed and the subtlety and the fact that it's dead rich and that I've now seen it multiple times and I still and it's one of those films that you're just dying to tell people about because yeah. you know totally. there's a good chance they've walked by that stupid cover and been like well, is that a Steve Martin movie what the fuck is that I can I cut, cut you, whether it was his idea or the, the studios can I cut their own throat with that cover I think a man? wee bit definitely wee bit. and yeah and then that other kind of subtext to it about people just really see what they want to see I think that's great um, and I guess like the nihilist in Bobcat Goldthwait uh, musing on the ambiguity the moral ambiguity of a lie you know that yep. actually no the lie might not just be automatically bad. The lie so, might so, sometimes I lie might be better. Lying is yeah. I exactly. I, there, yeah. I mean, there is instances where lying to somebody would be better yeah. than telling them the truth. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So uh, a 
a place at your mercy, gentlemen. I just, I absolutely fucking love this movie. I remember the first time I saw it. I remember immediately wanting to watch it again. As I say, I've seen it multiple times with multiple different people uh, who have been overjoyed to be able to bring it to. Um, and it just, it's so insightful and comedic and just, it's absolutely packed with Great fucking moments. I mean, yep, totally. I mean we've, we've honestly was there's so many really really funny little gags in it yep. as well. Like there's all this stuff in the mall about the computer monitor. Ah, there's, there's so much, man. Like, it's so dense. Yeah, there's there's loads of stuff that Kyle gets up to in the house. Like loads of like creepy wee weird things that he says. There's there's stuff in the school. I mean, it's just it's really really full of good stuff. And yeah, uh, I, I I'm glad I got a chance to spaff on about it for ages. Not no, th- thanks for bringing this one to us. Um, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, just for all the things we said, like the <clears throat> the look at how how shy people are generally, um, the in death, someone as shitty as he was, and the the lie that people tell about people that you, they, they never even liked. I've I've been in that situation. Aye, so far, aye. Where someone who uh, in life everybody spoke about him said how much of a dick they were and then they died and then everybody was being very happy <laughs> critical about it and I, and I called them like you get you, you hated this guy when I, he was I, alive I, i'm not just saying this but i've did exactly yeah. the same thing i i was like you, you all hated this guy and they're like oh so it's a bit rubbish to say I was like, no it's nice fucking yeah. he was a dick when he was alive yeah, yeah. it's a sh- shame he's gone but you know and that's the thing it takes someone like a comedian slash writer director like bobcat goldthwaite to to have the guts or <laughs> just uh, the disregard for his own reputation to be like yeah. i'm gonna do a thing all about this yeah. and as i say with some of these other films like the, the sleeping dogs one which is just the grinding awkwardness of actually this woman's life disintegrating around her as people find out about this stupid thing that is another musing mm-hmm. on human awfulness and hypocrisy yeah. and things yeah, like that totally. um God Bless America is also a bit of amusing. It's, it's a bit bigger. It's a bit louder and more neon and outrageous than this. This is much subtler, but Aye. also has a lot of really, really good insight. And I think that, you know, the, the theme is that nihilism and maybe, well, maybe not nihilism, maybe slight pessimism always done in a way that doesn't feel just aimless. It feels yep. like it, that there is something to take away from it and something to learn. And I think this film is definitely elevated in a, a number of occasions, but none more so than the brilliance of Robin Williams' performance. Yeah, I was just going to say to that, like that. That was the other thing I loved about this film was Robin Williams. It was just another... I, I knew he had acting chops. I've seen him do serious stuff, but this was just another level of that. It showed another side to him again. Yeah. yeah. Like how, how great he was. There's know. three or four scenes in this that are as good as anything you'll see. Oh, yeah, totally. Like the, in terms of his his ability to just absolutely wrench sadness out of a funny yeah. film and so, aye it's like a the, subtlety the, aye. the balls out emotion yeah. of when he finds his balls out pun, pun not intended <laughs> but when he finds his son the, the over emotion that he gives at that point and then yeah. it also feels the, the, it's so real like the just, subtle parts aye, yeah. as well with like when he's on the the talk show and it's is he laughing is he crying like you know it's I mean, if you know anything about Robin Williams as well, there's a lot of tragedy in his life, do you know what I mean, besides yeah. the suicide. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he was held responsible for John Belushi's death as well. Yeah. Back in the 80s, you know, he, you know, apparently he, you know, he almost went to jail because he was the guy that actually drew up the, the hit for John Belushi. Right. And then he OD'd. So, I mean, the guy's obviously, you know, he's had some fucking seriously grim shit. So, mm-hmm. he's, you know, and he was, he was pretty heavily addicted to drugs he sell at yeah, one point yeah, yeah. and you feel like he's channeling a lot in this film yeah oh aye 100% but yeah. you find that with a lot of comedians I think um, 
they tend to be quite tortured souls. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of comedians are really. Str- I mean, a lot of them really struggle with depression. I mean, yeah. like John Cleese, for example, was like fucking manic depressive. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey. I mean, Jim Carrey's a big one. Yeah. And Jim Carrey as well, man. He's a, he's done some fucking great stuff, like straight stuff. Yeah, do you know what true. I mean? Yeah. Um, and when he does that, you feel the ears drawing on some of that personal oh, yeah. language. Yeah, like yeah. Eternal Sunshine. Like that's I think that's one of his best films. I de- oh fuck, I definitely one of his best I. performances. Yeah, I and I think that's a common thing with a lot of these you know you see them as, as Ventura you see them as Mark you know Mark York or whatever but these guys are you know they're, they're just fucking they're, being comedians I guess you're, you know you're taking in the human condition you know if you're speaking about things and comedy and stuff like that so it's like a character you've already got all this kind of scope on the human condition if you like do you know what I yeah. mean and how are you going to be able to channel that do you know what I mean just because you're funny doesn't mean you can't actually fucking act do you know what I mean, I mean Robin Williams is obviously famous as well for a lot a, a lot of films you know you've got stuff like Mrs Doubtfire and yeah. all that kind of stuff and, and Flubber and then you've got it's kind of slightly like Good Morning Vietnam is one that people talk about a lot that was kind of the first I then was Dead yeah. Poets Society but honestly I, and yeah Dead Poets and stuff like that, I don't think he's ever been better than he is in this film yeah I really it's don't it's think it's, he a, it's a small performance but it's a good one it's the material yeah. as well yeah, I mean yeah. the material's great. It's, and, it's so I, well written. I'm I. so glad that Bobcat Goldthwait is still a film director. Mm. Um, actually, yeah, I, 100%, I have a I feeling know. that he's maybe got something new. All right, his films are consistently rewarding. Well, what I like about what I really enjoyed about this film was the fact that it literally broke the mold. Do you know what I mean? Every like we're saying, every stereotype that you would normally see in a film, it totally discarded that. Mm-hmm. That's what I want when I see a movie. I don't want fucking predictable shit, you know. I don't. It's yeah. been, you know, I want somebody like him that gets in from a completely different perspective, and you just don't kind of know what you're going to get. It's probably also been a, a ceiling on his career, though. Goldthwait. That's. I mean, this, but like that's said, the artist in a minute, I suppose. Three hundred grand at the box Aye. office, and you're like, well, possibly a big part of that is because he refuses to conform. Absolutely. Yeah. Aye, it's like like Frank Zappa or something like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's just going to do what he's going to do, and if you like it, you like it. You fucking don't. You don't. Well, do you know a, what I mean? a lot of what he's done since then has been the. the <clears throat> the comedian stuff like live live shows right. director specials and that he's I did did he do Chappelle as well he did, Ch- did yeah. Chappelle as well mm-hmm. yeah see I didn't even realise he was like doing all that kind of shit yeah, yeah. well I mean he, he is a comedian he came up with a lot of those guys no so, I knew he was a stand up yeah. back aye. in the day but I, I didn't realise right. he was actually aye. making films it was actually this was the first time mm-hmm. I actually fucking realised oh, right, he was okay. doing doing movies so uh, I, I, and I'm going to watch more of two, his films two or three of the I'm not I'm, the, is it Point the Clown I can't, I can't remember the name of it. that one is that's hit and miss it's a bit marmite Aye, right. but um, I th- certainly Sleeping Dogs and definitely God Bless America I mean I would have happily talked about that for almost as long as we've talked about this those are good and I think Willow Creek's a really good sort of found footage horror movie it's a total right. change of pace for him though that's right. cool but, I, but again showing diversity in it yeah. it's not just doing the same thing and it's refreshing do you know what I mean he's nothing on his slate in terms of stuff coming out like the last thing he did was a TV special I don't know if it was maybe I was watching an interview with him and maybe it was something Anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, the interviews with him are really good as well. Just yeah. genuinely a really, really fucking watchable person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aye, and he's got a mad voice as well. Yeah, yeah but... It's, his, like, his voice is pretty mad in real life as well. Uh, it's, it's kind of... It's, it's, not, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a Zed mad, but... Because yeah. even in this, he's fucking... So we do do ratings on this, this podcast. Um, so, Joe, do you want to... Um, let me think. What's it out of? What's, five? Five? Just What's the metric here? Is, is, well, I'm going to give it eight and a half, eight, eight, nine point three. Uh, six, uh, out of five. Out of five. Um, do we do fractions? I'm going to give this for a for the like the impact of it and just how ballsy it was and how well it was executed. I would get a five. Fantastic. I'll take uh, that. I'd get a five. Yeah, um, four and a half. I think. 
for me. That's good. I don't know where I'm losing the half point, but I don't think... You just want to five, five leave for, a bit of Yeah, because five for me is like your stone-cold, absolute hammered-on classics, the thing, <laughs> the, being, I, being that the, one. The reason I'm giving it a five is it's because when I was watching it, I actually felt affected by it yeah. when I watched it, and that's fucking hard for me to find that in a comedy, If you, although it's not just a straight-up comedy, but it's like, it's just that perfect fucking kind of funny side of tragedy which there is yeah, do you know what I mean honestly, and he he's he's fucking distilled that perfectly in this film do you know what I mean I'll, I'll show my cards here I think you will stick with that five because this right. film gets better the more times you see it oh, no, I'll, I think I'll definitely watch you might again. even raise that yeah no I will watch it again like so that's twice I've watched it one one day after the mm. other I, I'll um, definitely watch I'll, it again I'll come back I'll definitely come back and watch it and like Joe said I will go and check out some of his other films oh, I, I don't know why I'd never given him a chance before I don't just because he was a wacky cunt for fucking it's like when you suddenly hear a record by a band and then suddenly you've got a whole new back catalogue oh, to nothing discover better, man. Yeah. It's yeah. It's I totally yeah, yeah. absolutely no, totally, thanks for having me oh here man thanks for, and thanks for yeah. I, it was a really good, fucking, good, good recommendation, good recommendation. Yeah, I you, I've got some fucking monsters in that pile can, so just give me a shout you and you want come me back aye come back anytime you want mate aye absolutely cool so we're not choosing a film this week because we've got one I've got that really cheery number to watch fuck me the possession possession Ooh, yeah. Oh, fucking, the fucking trailer for Samuel. that. I was just like, what the fuck is this shit, man? <laughs> it's like the most unappealing trailer ever fucking made, man. But I'm looking forward to seeing it because Sam Neill's fucking mental, so it should yeah. be a laugh. Cool. Thanks for listening, folks. Catch you later. Cheers. Cheers.